you've found the Rock Hesperia and are on your way to building a solid life. We make disciples here. If you, your children, or anyone comes to Jesus, hears his sayings, and does them, your life will become solid. So let's get to it. You know, here at the Little House, my family and I love to get together for movie nights. I'm not sure if you're the same way. You probably are. But we get together for movie night, and we have this family time, and so we gather everyone together, and we plop down on the couch after dinner. And during this fasting time that we've been in for the past few weeks, we've watched this show on VidAngel called The Chosen. And I think it's interesting, that title, and I imagine it's probably The Chosen of Jesus. The disciples that he handpicked, he chose from the whole world to be those who would carry his message of love, of salvation and redemption to the whole world. The chosen, much like he's handpicked and chosen you and handpicked and chosen me for that very same purpose. There's a, a powerful scene where Jesus, you know, all the disciples have been clamoring for a while. They're like, can we just tell people already? Can we tell them that you're the Messiah? Come on, can we get after this thing? We're excited. I mean, we have found the one that we've been longing for all this time. Our ancestors have been longing for. You're here. You're telling us that we can't say it? And so Jesus finally, and there's a scene, and the music gets all, all riled up, and it's joyful, and, and it's power-packed, and it's a dynamic piece of music. It starts playing. We're on the edge of our seats. We're getting excited. We see the smiles on the disciples' faces. We're like, we can't really, we can't believe this is really happening. He's, he's uh, letting us go, you know? Uh, and so there's no more seatbelt. We're, we're just running straight after it. And so these guys are going off to tell the world about the Messiah. And all this happens around a well in Samaria where Jesus stops intentionally. And we're picking up where we start right here in John chapter 4, verse 21, where Jesus is at this well revealing for the first time that he's the Messiah. And he chooses to do so to a foreign woman with whom he has had, he would have, as a Jew, very complicated race relations. This has been ongoing for a long time. And so this is, this is his moment. The first person he reveals his divinity to, his, his Messiah-ness to, is this foreign woman with strained race relations. All right. And so he says to her, Woman, believe me, the hour is coming when you will neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem worship the Father. You will neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem worship. And so she's presenting, hey, you guys say one thing, we say another thing. What's, what's really going on? And uh, he says, neither of those things are what's going on now that this moment has come. Jesus always has a way. Have you noticed this when you read the Bible? He always has a way of like not answering the question in any sort of like reasonable way that you would expect him to. You know, where are we, how are we going to feed all these people? Make them sit down, he says. Like, no talk about food. He just says, make them sit down. Jesus always turns the conversation on its ear and keeps us on our toes. Same thing here with this Samaritan woman at the well. He says, you're not going to worship in Jerusalem. You're not going to worship on the mountain. This is what he says. True worship is not about where, but how. True worship is not about where, but how you worship. 
It's almost like I read in the text that Jesus quickly follows this statement up because that's a pretty heavy bit of information to take in. Oh, really? We're not gonna we're not gonna do either of the reasonable, rational things for worship. No, he says, "I got some good news, though." And watch what he goes on to say in verse twenty-three. He says, But the hour is coming, and now is, when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father is seeking such to worship Him. God is spirit, and those who worship Him must worship in spirit and in truth. Notice true worshipers will worship. It's, you're not going to be stop, you're not going to stop a true worshiper from worshiping. And how are they going to worship? They're going to worship in spirit and in truth. They're not going to worship. He didn't say in body, or not going to worship in soul. Right? Not that we can't. Of course we can. But he said true worship starts in the spirit. It's a spiritual endeavor. In fact, the Bible tells us, you know, that that we are a spirit. You know, you're a living spirit now in Jesus. I'm a living spirit. I have a soul and I live in a body. But my essence, who I am, I am a spirit. We learn more about that in Operation Solid Lives Level 4, which I cannot wait to lead you through. It's my favorite level. All right. So, notice they're not worshiping in the body, not worshiping in the soul. They're worshiping in spirit and in truth. These are true worshipers. And the true worship connection with the Father is in the Spirit. And Jesus is ushering in this newness, this new mode, this new method of worship to her. And he said, this is proper. This is right. Now look at, look at what we have going on in our day and age, in our time. God himself has brought us all out of Egypt, out of bondage, out of slavery, out of a complicated and overbloated schedule. And he's freed us from a lot of that. Isn't that right? And he's drawn us into the wilderness intentionally. This is very much a wilderness time. And so he's drawn us into the wilderness, drawn us as he always does to himself. God is a big drawer of people to himself because he wants to be with us. He always has wanted to be with you. That's his heart. So he brings us to himself in order to remake us into true worshipers. Isn't that excellent? I know many of you, like me, feel a strong urge of, let's get at it already. You know, let's, when are we going to be able to get out there and talk to people and love people and hug them and, and share with them and, and just be wonderful to one another? You know, we were talking in the past weeks about loving one another, the great commandment, right? Love God first and best and love your neighbor. And so, I believe that we're all together in this, that we want to be spreading this good news and this joy and this salvation of Jesus. See, God never intended his people to stay in the wilderness forever. In fact, all the time that we see his people spending in the wilderness, in the Bible, was way, way too long, way beyond his preferred plan. But they would not do the wilderness time right. And so they got stuck there for 40 years And it shouldn't, by my calculations, have taken longer than one or two. And so they could have been getting out about the next stages or the next phases of their deliverance process into the promised land. But I tell you this, 
and and hear me deeply and and hear me you know with all my heart saying getting from the wilderness into the promised land is not automatic it doesn't happen by magic it takes work and it takes some time and so since the the middle of march we've been in this wilderness hopefully if we've been doing it right we've been drawing even closer to the lord than ever and he's been drawing us to himself remaking us teaching us how to be true worshipers who will love him first and best and love our neighbor as ourselves but it's going to take work and it's going to take time <laughs> it reminds me of that george harrison song it's gonna take a time a whole lot of precious time <laughs> it's gonna take plenty of time right to do it right child all right i love that song but um since mid-march god has been leading us through this wilderness drawing us to himself teaching us his ways and prophesying to us singing and speaking over us my son my daughter i love you with all my heart and I have a destiny and a purpose for you. I'm trying to bring you into a beautiful, lush, wonderful promised land. The Bible describes it as a land flowing with milk and honey. It's just the best thing you can imagine. That's what he wants for us. All of this to make us new. This series is called Made New, and this first message in the series is called New Wine in New Wine Skins. And so if you'll open to two places, Luke chapter 5 and John chapter 14. Luke chapter 5 and John chapter 14. Now remember Jesus says this, but the hour is coming and now is when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father is seeking such to worship Him. God is spirit, and those who worship Him must worship in spirit and in truth. See, who knows that our bodies shut down and rejuvenate at night? Anyone else but me? You know, I know we all go to sleep at some point, right? Our bodies shut down, we get the rest we need and the rejuvenation overnight. But even when we're sleeping, our spirits remain alive and awake and open to God. See, we are spiritual, and God is a spirit as well. And if you really want to worship, worship in the spirit. Have you ever thought at nighttime to pray and, and ask God to keep you connected with Him intimately, even while your body sleeps? Ask Him to give you dreams and, and visions have you asked him for a prophecy or for wisdom or insight, you know, for help uh, during the time that your mind can't get in the way and derail you with your own thoughts and maybe your own fears or your own insecurities? You know, I know we are all in the same boat. We're clouded with our own thoughts and we are tempted to lean on our own understanding but not acknowledge the Lord. Have you ever thought about giving your night times to God and say, work in me during this time when I'm not actively fighting you? I don't have any opportunity to actively fight you. And so at The Rock, I want you to know this. Our worship is not limited to music. You know, when people hear the word worship, they automatically think, oh, praise and worship music. Our worship is not limited to music. Our worship is not limited to culture either. Our worship is not limited to geography or to a place. Our worship is unconstrained like that. We are worshiping in spirit and in truth. We're a collective of spirit-filled people. God has given us His Holy Spirit who lives in us now. 
We are a collective of spirit-filled people, and we will worship in spirit and in truth. Wherever we are, in unity, with anyone, at any time. No limits. This is new wine and new wineskin stuff. Now, if you look at John 14, verse 12 with me, it says this, Jesus speaking, Most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. And greater works than these will he do because I go to my Father. And whatever you ask in my name, that I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. If you love me, keep my commandments. And I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper, that he may abide with you forever. The Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. The Holy Spirit dwells in you and will be in you. He dwells with you and will be in you. It says, He who believes... Jesus says, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. And so, do you believe in Jesus today? I'm sure you're saying yes, most of you. And if not, at any time during this service, just say, Lord, I surrender my life to you. I believe that God the Father raised Jesus from the dead. And I want to give you all of my sins. I want all of my mistakes, all of my baggage. And I'm trading them in for the perfect life of Jesus. And I'm going to learn in church and discipleship and participation here at The Rock. I'm going to learn how to be yours. Remake me today. And if you do that, I want you to tell us about it on your service card later. But look here. Jesus says, He who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. She will do also. If you believe in Jesus, get ready to do everything that you see Jesus doing in the scriptures. Any miracle that he performed is not too hard for you. You are authorized to do it in the name of Jesus. And by his spirit empowering, he he empowers you to do the impossible for us. But by him, nothing shall be impossible to him who believes. And not only that, but Jesus, you know, again, just ups the ante. He says, and even greater works will you do because I go to my father. Greater works than you, Jesus? Greater works than you, Son of God? Greater works than you, Messiah and Savior of the world? You're kidding me, right? No, he's not kidding you. And the Bible never exaggerates. The Bible is absolutely uh, steady. (laughs) It's right on point. It doesn't overblow anything. It doesn't undercoat or whatever. It always says exactly what it means. Jesus also says, Whatever you ask in my name, that I will do. Really? I mean, we have such access to miracles, and I am convinced that we don't use but a fraction, a tiny fraction or a portion of what we're authorized to unleash on this earth. And that's what I want to start getting into. That's exciting to me. Jesus also says, if you love me, keep my commandments. Notice that they're not suggestions. They're commandments. It's when I give my life and surrender to Jesus. He owns me now by rights. Like I willingly entered into this thing. I want you to own me. I want you to tell me what to do. I want to follow you in obedience and with submissiveness. I want to be yours. I trust you. He says, if you do that, 
If you love me, if you keep my commandments, I'll pray the Father, he'll give you another helper, that he may abide with you forever. And later he says, but you'll know him, for he dwells with you and will be in you. That is a close relationship. Can you imagine anything closer than that? With you and in you? I mean, I feel like pregnancy. You know, like, there. I don't know what more intimately natural thing there is. You know, it's like there, you're in the belly. You know, not the belly. You know what I'm saying. I've, I've been explaining this to my kids a little bit. Uh, and so, but listen to this. You and I, spirit-filled believers, are like sponges. I want you to take this analogy in. We're like sponges. And a sponge, what happens? What, when it immerses in something, what does it get filled with? That thing that it's immersed in. You put a sponge in Mountain Dew, guess what it soaks up? (laughs) Hallelujah. Mountain Dew. Now pick that sponge up and what starts happening? Like you don't even put any pressure on it. You just pick it up. What starts happening running down your hand? That's right. Mountain Dew. Now give that baby a little squeeze and then what really happens? It starts gushing out. Mountain Dew. Because that's what it was immersed in. Jesus wants you and he wants me to immerse ourselves in him, to abide in him and dwell with him, to soak him up. Isn't that right? To live in the fullness of the Spirit at all times. To have worship coming out of us from our spirits and in truth. See, sponges have a job, don't they? And they have a function, and, and they get a, they've, they've gotten a reputation, so to speak. <laughs> we know what a sponge is known for. They saturate, and they soak up, and they scrub. Seeing yourself in this illustration yet? I hope you are. I know people who have said to me, I, See, this is why I don't come to you with stuff. I'm not interested in hearing about Jesus right now. I've developed a little bit of a reputation in giving Jesus solutions to people's problems because that's our only hope. That's what I know is going to work. He is the faithful God, and He wants to solve your problems. See, I've gotten a reputation for being someone who speaks about Jesus because that's what I soak in. That's what I scrub with, or at least that's what I leak, you know? <laughs> maybe maybe on, a, on a worse day than I just leak it instead of actually just, you know, deluge from a, a wrung out sponge. But like the gospel says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Two different gospels, it says that. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And my pastor, Caleb Tyler down at Corona, he would say, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth leaks. You know, you just can't keep it in. When you have something in your heart in abundance, whatever it is, it's going to come out. You ever see a dirty old sponge? <laughs> you ever see a dirty old sponge that's never been rinsed, never been washed? That's disgusting, right? Not good for anything but the trash. I throw those things away. That's disgusting. I mean, have you? they're, they're all shriveled up, you know, and they're just yucky. And I, I, I don't have any interest in trying to clean anything with this disgusting piece of nastiness. It's going in the trash. If you know me at all, you know that that is absolutely true. And so you and I are, this is, this is you and me with Jesus right here. We're the sponge and he is the living water. You know, Jesus has a plan for you and him together, for me and him together. And look at John chapter 15. Jesus says, I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. (laughs) Let that soak in for a second, sponges. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. 
And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes that it may bear more fruit. You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Abide in me. Stay close with me. Immerse yourself in me. And I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit, for without me you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and is withered. And they gather them and throw them into the fire and they are burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. By this my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit. Say that I bear much fruit. Come on, say it. That I bear much fruit. He goes on to say, so, or because of this, you will be my disciples. As the Father loved me, I also have loved you. Abide in my love. There's that word again. Abide, stay there, stick close, don't leave. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you that my joy may remain in you and that your joy may be full. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, than to lay down one's life for his friends. You are my friends if you do whatever I command you. No longer do I call you servants, for a servant does not know what his master is doing. But I have called you friends. For all things that I heard from my Father I have made known to you. You did not choose me, Jesus says, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit, and that your fruit should remain, that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give you. These things I command you that you love one another. Now I want to go back through this passage a little bit and draw out some things. So let's look at it again in John 15. Of course, we talked about abiding, staying close to Jesus, and the branch not being able to bear fruit in itself. I don't care how smart or how good looking or how wise or how experienced you are. You will, you got a perfect score on the SAT. <laughs> you've, you've traveled the world. You're a Rhodes Scholar. It doesn't matter. You can do nothing of yourself. You cannot bear any lasting spiritual fruit by yourself. You need Jesus. We all do. So if we have that as a, the foundation part, a branch cannot bear fruit of itself. You've got to abide in the vine. See, you only bear fruit if you abide in Jesus, he says. And then he says, If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire. Now I thought about that. Ask what I desire. I desire a lot of things, <laughs> if I'm honest. I desire a lot of things. But the Lord is even reshaping my interests, my wants, my desires, as he will for you if you ask him to. He says, you'll ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. You know, there'll be all these natural things that he'll do for you, but I think there's something even more important in the context of the scripture, talking about loving your neighbor, bearing a lot of fruit, and being his disciples. Let's keep on that track. My commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. Jesus has loved us very, very well. Gave up his life for his friends, right? Not servants, friends. 
And he says that you go and bear fruit. He wants you and me to go. Number one, go. Number two, bear fruit. So as we're going, wherever we go, wherever you go, there you are. Bear fruit. And fruit that should remain. That whatever you ask the Father in my name, he will give you. It's interesting that those are linked. That what we're asking for, the bearing fruit and the Father giving it, they're all really tightly linked there in the scripture. These things I command you that you love one another. Remember, Jesus said, go and bear some fruit. And whatever you ask the Father, he'll give you. Does it sound to you as it sounds to me that Jesus wants us to start asking for this fruit? Asking for this love to one another to take and that there would be visible evidence of it. That people's lives would be actually changed. That it's, it's more than just a, hey, God bless you. And I, I try that, uh, you know, in most of the time. Uh, hey, God bless you. Have a great day, you know, or whatever. But a little thing I throw out there or uh, you post a scripture on Instagram or on Facebook. That's nice. But is that bearing fruit? You know, I think there's a, deci- a decision that people need to make. To become a disciple, to become a follower of Jesus, that is fruit and fruit that will remain. So ask yourself this, what has my spongy self been soaking up? What has my sponge been scrubbing, cleaning off of people? Uh, Are others benefiting from me being a sponge? Are they being washed with the water of the word of God? Are they brought into the kingdom of God because of my generous outpouring for their benefit? See, this is new wine in new wineskins. It's not just being faithful to attend church. It's not just being faithful to give. It's not just being faithful to sing and and worship God when we sing together. All those are great. They're necessary. They're prudent for us to do. But that's not all. There is something else that we largely have not tapped into and we need to get about our Father's business. See, this is not merely Jesus for me. Of course, Jesus is for you. But it's not merely Jesus for me, but Jesus through me to others. Jesus for me is not sustainable and it's not preferable because it's not God's complete plan. Jesus to others through you is. And they come to him. And they become new wine in new wineskins. Do you see a pattern? Do you see a multiplication, a replication? You know, each according to its kind. You know, disciple makers replicate other disciple makers. You know, at at some point in the future, my kids are going to grow up and get married and have kids of their own. And it's going to be reproducing after their own kind. You know, they're they're not going to have like giraffes or whatever. You know, they're going to have other baby humans, right? We reproduce after our own kind. And we are disciple makers here. We are builders of solid lives founded on the rock of Jesus. Now this new wine and new wineskins passage is found in Luke chapter 5. I asked you to turn there earlier. Luke chapter 5, and I'm going there with you in my Bible. Verse 37, it says this, And no one puts new wine into old wineskins, or else the new wine will burst the wineskins and be spilled. And the wineskins will be ruined. What a waste. But the new wine must be put into new wineskins, and both are preserved. I like that word, preserved. It's like keeping you from disaster beforehand. Praise God. You don't have to get to the ruin. The Lord is saying, if you put the new wine into a new wineskin like I told you, 
then you will both be preserved. The, the message, the messenger, the, the way that church and spirituality and this relationship that we all have is meant to go. Both be preserved. New wine must be put into new wineskins. Now, I want to share a story of someone who has been becoming new wine into a new wineskin. And uh, his name is Don, and he has a testimony. He says, Since this COVID-19 social distancing thing came into place, I've established a weekly prayer time with a couple of known believers. One of the regulars is a pastor in training for a church only a couple blocks from where I live. I requested that he lead the prayer time, and he has faithfully done so each time that he was able to make it. I work for a secular company that is also Big Pharma, and this kind of activity may be frowned upon on company grounds. But since we have started this weekly prayer time, we have had a few people join us. One person in particular, one I would have figured would be offended by our attempts, spoke to one of the faithful in our small group and told him that it was something that she has needed for some time. We have been faithful withholding this prayer time weekly before shift start. This is Jesus to others through you. Don, this is beautiful. I, I fully commend you on this and congratulate you on this. And listen to what Don goes on to say. He says, also during this time, my employer has raised our minimum pay by 50 cents for those who make starting pay. They have also doubled our shift differential. They went from an increase of 75 cents an hour to $1.50 an hour. This is very helpful during this time of cut hours for all who work there. I guess it would be. Praise the Lord. See, there are also natural benefits, but what the starting point is, is Jesus through you to others. Fruit that will remain. New wine and new wineskins. We're, we're shifting our perspective from we show up and, and we get all this great stuff from being a part of the rock to we are rescuing others and pulling them out of the fire, rescuing them from death into life and saying, you come follow me as I follow Christ. You're important to me. You have a destiny. You're, you're a fisher of men. You're a rescuer of people just like me. Jesus has it for you. Congratulations, Don. Romans 10.8 says, The word is near you, in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. I love that. The word is near you, in your mouth and in your heart. You've got to get the word out of your mouth. Nothing better that we can say besides the word of God. So powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword. It's going to pierce and it's going to divide and it's going to cut through all the, you know, when you uh, bust through the jungle with a machete, right? That's what the word of God does. It breaks through all this nonsense and it cuts right to the core of the issue in people's lives and what they're going through and they get it. Their eyes are open. It's like scales fall off and they can see their purpose and their destiny and their reality, maybe for the first time through you, Jesus through you to others. You becoming this, this new wine skin, able to pour out this new wine. That is where we're going church. That is where God is leading us. That is what this wilderness time has been for. And that is going to propel us into the promised land. So, would you pray this with me? Can we say these words together? Come on, let's bow our heads and say this together. Lord Jesus, work in me to be willing to become a new wineskin, a new sponge filled with you 
and overflowing to others. Jesus, you are near me. Your word is in my mouth and in my heart. God, help me bear much fruit. Draw people to you through me. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I'm so glad that you've been here for this service. May God do all of this through you and much, much more as he reveals to you everything that he's placed in you for the benefit of others. You are a new wineskin. Be prepared to pour out new wine in the name of Jesus. (laughs) Amen.